Welcome to another episode of I Am Not What You Think I Am podcast. I am your host, Gaten Judd, and I hope all of you guys are doing well at the moment. Um, today, we're episode seven. So I've called another friend of mine to, to join me today. Um, he's an artist, a songwriter. He's a bad man on the cello. And he is also the king of melts, which is a private <laughs> joke between the both of us. Guys, I'm here with Mr. Dan Kaplan. Hello, hello, hello. Mighty, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Surviving as, as best I can. Mm-hmm. And um, how how are you finding it during this um quarantine season? Um, it's been all right. I've I've just got my head around Zoom sessions. Yeah, um, I hate them, but but like I'm kind of get I'm going to get used to it. But like it's been very hard to be creative, man. Mm. I, and... I feel like I feel like a lot of people have been in the same position where it's just you know it's only so much you can write when you're in the same four walls mm. for two months. And how like have you have you found out? that the more you're doing it, that it's getting easier? Or is it like the more you're doing it, it's just not progressing at all in terms um, of like the Zoom sessions? It's, it's actually getting better. But I've actually, I've written one song in two months, like last week that I'm like really happy about. Mm. So like, and then, then yesterday I, I just had a great day and did like three songs. I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting into this. That. But, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going back into sessions, I think end of June now. So um, just as I'm getting the hang of it, we're going to be back back to doing normal stuff. But some people are already back in the studio. I'm seeing some people like on Instagram, I'm like, yo, you're a bit brave, you know. I'm not yeah, gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm not. I'm not about that. I mean, nah. it's, it's one of those things because like, I live. I live in South London, like in like deep south in Crystal Palace. So like, I, I don't. I don't get public transport. So like, getting to the studio just you know a lot of Notting Hill. You're you're around Notting Hill, right? I'm I'm not far away from Notting Hill. Like literally, yeah. like ten minutes away. Um, but like, I'll give it getting Ubers. So like, you know, I'll be spending about fifty quid a day on Ubers. It's just like it's sometimes it's just not worth it, especially if you just go write like an average song. <laughs> no, it's actually true. It's true when you think about it. Yeah, like, that's, that, that cost cost benefit analysis. You're like, nah, it's not worth nah. it. I can write that from home. And then you got to wear a mask on the on, on inside the Uber. You got to wear your gloves and all yeah, that. Yeah, and like you got to stay. I mean, even in the studio, so trying to keep two meters distance. And, like, and using microphones that people have been using before, like it's just nah, it's just no. applications, man. Nah, I was even telling these guys in my church yesterday. I was like, I literally think I'm gonna bring my own mic now for church. <laughs> oh, my, oh my, mate, you should definitely do that. Like, like I, when, when we were on tour, I had, I had, um, because we were using different mics, mm. like we were using the venue mics. I had like antibacterial wipes I'd use on each one of them. One hundred percent. Yeah, because like I just I didn't tr- I don't trust no man, especially especially don't trust musicians. So like, <laughs> oh no no one hundred, like man putting lips on another man, yeah, yeah, your like, lips over. <laughs> Coming on stage at Brixton Academy, give him a cold feel, like nah. <laughs> so how did you get that? Well, you know, I use someone else's mic, so you know, I'm trying to say, like, it's that's not that's not the vibe. No, nah, but um, definitely not the one. Nah, we we got we got to be safe during these seasons. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely something. When you come to my studio, don't be touching my interface. Just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, just like with the game, your laptop trying to like put some reverb. We're like, no, no, no. no yeah, now be. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Tell me what you want, and I'll do it. Yeah, like, yeah. out here putting delay with my, with my laptop. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, some don't uh, even need delay. Like, but um, sick. So let, talk to us. Like, where where did you grow up? Like, um, what was like your childhood like? Um, so I I was born in Peterborough, um, and then I moved to Hong Kong as a kid until I was about seven. Why? Uh, my dad my dad was a journalist, so like he he wrote for the Financial Times. So he was over there as like the Asian correspondent, 
Um, so I lived out there for a bit and then moved back to England when I was like six. Well, I moved to Caribbean for a bit and then I moved back to London and down to a place called uh, Canterbury down in Kent. And that's when I started playing uh, the cello and the piano. So, so why did you? So, first, before we even go about the cello and the piano, yeah. In the space, you're telling me in the space of your first six, seven years, you was in four different locations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in London, Hong Kong, Caribbean, and and then Kent. Yeah, I moved. We moved around a lot. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the crazy, I, the crazy thing was growing up in China, in like in Hong Kong, in China, in the nineties. Yeah, what was that like? It was. I mean, like. I, I, don't, I don't remember a lot of it, but I mean, the bits I do, I just remember it, it was, it's just strange. Because when I moved to England, it's the first time I've ever been in a place where it was majority white people. Mm. So like, I was just like, I was like, yo, where's all my Chinese brethren? Like, <laughs> like, I was like, walking around, like, I remember, even my mum said, like, I was like, I just, I said that everyone looks weird here. Because <laughs> like, they, don't, they, don't they don't look like Chinese or, 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 or Asians. Um, yeah, I remember, yeah, I moved here, it was the first time I saw snow, everything. Yeah, yeah, and of proper, course. Proper, proper Bundu, like, just like, like confused, confused mixed race kid. Just like, am I, am I Asian? Am I Chinese? <laughs> yeah, but uh, funny man. But, man, um, dying already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. And where in the Caribbean did you go? Uh, it's where my mum's from, Saint Vincent. So we were, we were oh, there for a, you know, it wasn't for too long. I think it was like six months. Whilst, whilst and was that for work as well, or was that just... Um, that was, like, an in-between. Whilst we were moving back, we didn't have a place here, so we went to stay with my grandparents over in uh, St. Vincent. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I wasn't... I wasn't. It was quite... It was very brief. Mm. Um, but then... So, yeah. You, yeah, so you said you came back, and then you started to learn piano and cello. So what, what made you even pick up those instruments? Like, um, my... I think my granddad was a piano player. He played actually no, he played the piano and the cello like in the Second World War. Like he was in a, you know, like back in the day they had kind of what they call like parlor parties. So they get like mm-hmm. little, like little orchestras and little piano players, kind of to keep morale up and everything. So he was one of those guys, and I think I used to play his piano when they used to come back to his house. Um, so my mum got one when I was about six, and so I started playing that, and I was I was I was I was alright. I think she, I mean, I was good enough that she like you know. She was like, I'm going to pay for some lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I was about eight or nine. I auditioned to be a chorister at the Canterbury Cathedral. So, like, basically, it's like, it's, it's for, the, for the, you know, boring middle class white choir. Um, and it's like, it's a boarding school. So you go, you go there and, like, you practice an hour in the morning, half an hour of piano, half an hour of cello, then you sing for an hour, then you go to school. Then you come back, and every day you sing, sing in the in the in the cathedral. Mad. So you, you sing like six days a week. And yeah. and was it strict when you was? Oh mate, it was so strict. It was like so. Yeah, I mean, like it was like you know, it was this is they it was this is what ninety six, ninety seven. So they were still allowed to like you know wrap your hands with a ruler if you were misbehaving mm-hmm. or weren't practicing. Mad. Um, but like I mean, like I I still think like. Without that education, I probably wouldn't have had the persistence that I have now. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a good standing. Like I mean, to have that sort of structure as a kid was was good. Mm. I mean, I revolted against it hard. I got, I, I had to leave when I was twelve because I my voice broke. Mad. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, they they um they asked me to leave because I couldn't sing. Anymore. That's literally their words. Like you can't sing. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, like um, you're out. 
Hey, I'm gonna laugh a lot in this interview. I can tell already. I, know, I mean, honestly, like I've 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 had a joke's fucking life. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Man, that's hilarious. Um, so back to when you was in school, did you ever feel you know, like you said, you was in Asia and you was like, you came back to like, oh, we're all the Chinese people. When you was in school, did you ever feel uncomfortable? It's like, rah, I feel like I'm the only like brown kid. Ah, oh, mate, I was I was the only brown kid in my school up until maybe. 14, 15. Mm. It was like, it was, I mean, like, it's like, it was quite, it was a nice, it was a nice town, but it was a racist town. It was like very, very like, it's like rough and then middle class, but they were both still a bit racist. Like, well, like my mum always jokes, like, when we first moved into that, um, onto that street, like, literally, like, everyone looks at us, like, ah, oh, shit, there goes the neighborhood. Like, we're, we're fucked. Whoa. Um, because, like, because, you know, it was like, you know, she was single mother. Single black mother in a very white town, so like kind of they kind of just went on the stereotypes. But I think that's why she pushed me so much into like classical music, kind of to push away that stereotype of like me being like a little ruffian. Yeah, instead of them thinking, oh, brown kids, oh, you rap, oh, you yeah, make R and B like, music. Um, <laughs> the amount of times people like say, oh, you're a rapper. <laughs> no, like, I'm classic Jade and Chelly, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like Snoop Dogg, your uncle. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Beyonce come to your cookout? And I'm like, no. Yeah, like, oh my god. No, no, literally, I, I still, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I did try to rap at one stage and I was fucking terrible. Have you got bars for us? See, nah. <laughs> you ain't got no bars for us. No I'm, not, I'm not putting myself on blast like that, man. After you was working the Storms, no. you ain't got no bars for us. Nah. Yeah, no, no, that's my career over. That's, that, that's every rapper in the world not working, want to work with me. So, yeah, you can, you can write a song, but my God, he's shit oh, around my days. So you never yeah. felt like, Oh my days! Like all these, like this racism's kind of like gonna get into me and make me feel down. Like that, that didn't. Yeah, ever, like... I mean, I mean, it definitely did throughout my childhood. Like you know, because like it was, it was so regular to like you know, is like, I always consider it like this. Is like, like when you're a kid, like there's there's certain things you can pick on. Like if you're fat or you're spotty or you're ginger, and like my thing was called black. Mm. But like that was like the go-to insult. So it's like, and like honestly, that I mean, that kind of trumps being spotty. Mm-hmm. Like that like, is like it's like everyone's spotty, so like it was quite. An, it did it did take its toll a little bit, but like you know, I think it also just made me more resilient as well, and also made me better at fighting because uh, <laughs> I, I, I had to whip some asses sometimes. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, not, fight. not anymore. Not anymore. But uh, I used to get like my mum was a teacher at my school. And I used to get into so much trouble. And I once strangled this kid, um, and then my, so one of the teachers walked in and saw me. And like my mum was like, and I told her what I told him. I told her what he said, and she went, "Oh, you should have fucking ripped his <laughs> mad voice out." And I was like, "Yeah, no, I should have." Um, no, she was good. She was, she was, she was always the kind of a hard teacher, kind of be like, you know, if someone hits you, hit them twice as hard back. Mad. So, um, big up, mum. Yeah, it was good. Oh uh, yeah, big up. <laughs> she, she taught, she taught me well. Mumsy, that's. I, what... I mean, I can't, I can't go around doing that shit now. No, no, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. You're, no. you're too grown for that. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. You're way too. Yeah, I'm too grown to get my ass beat. Well, you, you don't know. That. Come here, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Uh yeah. No, no. So you're, ne- you're never too old to get beaten. <laughs> nah, that's true. So, you guys moved to London now. So. Where where was music now? Like what what level was you? Oh uh, no, we so I st- I stayed down in Canterbury until I was like seventeen eighteen. Like my 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 old man lived in East London, so like I'd come up here for like summers. Mm-hmm. But I spent I spent majority of my time down in Kent, um, 
Because, like, I mean, honestly, like, cause I, like, every time I was in London, I'd get into trouble. What, what, so, like, what kind of trouble? Trouble with your old man or trouble just... Uh, trouble with the old man, trouble with, like, the kids around my area. I kind of... I was attracted to, like, just doing naughty things. Because it's just... I don't know. I, I, was just, I just wanted to have fun. Like, and I, I think, that, especially at that age, when you have a bit of freedom, like, I got into a little bit of trouble. But, you know, not, never, never enough to, like, you know... But what's your definition of fun? Because I'm now intrigued. I don't know. <laughs> it's like setting off fireworks in, in like, in like parks and drinking, drinking Lambrini. <laughs> like, like, this dumb thing. So to like, you know, post, post boxes and shit. I'm so done with you, Dan. <laughs> no, I I'm know, actually I done. <laughs> like, you know, I like, it was just, it just used to be, I mean, like, because it was just boredom. I think that was the main thing. Mm. And like also like it was like you know there was half of me trying to prove that I wasn't like a little nerd because I played the cello. Mm. So half of me was kind of revolting against that, but you know. Yeah. You could have brown kid playing the cello. Nah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. I'm, like, I'm like yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll still like booze and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man's a bad man. My, 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 yeah, 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 like, yeah, man, man plays the cello, but like you know, I'll, I'll still, I'll still ride. You know? <laughs> so I was like, oh no, I can't do that now. I've got, I've got practice. <laughs> oh, Daniel, come and learn your Mozart. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get an orchestra now. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can see the, the juxtaposition in my head, like the half and half, like half nerd, half. That is funny. Man was a part-time bad man, in other words. Yeah, but, oh, man, I was so part-time. <laughs> I was like, I was zero-hour contract about bad man. He was Beethoven in the morning, and then he was Snoop at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's basically it. Uh, <coughs> nah, this is that's too... Exactly right. This is oh. too funny. So no, no, yeah, Beethoven, mate, that's good. I like that, you know. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna use that from now on. Yeah. So what? So good. so what's what kicked off the the artist um career? Because I know you was going by the name of DC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how 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 did that? What was the so, birth of that? So like I so I moved to America when I was eighteen. I went to college in America, University <laughs> of America, and um, I, like I kind of I stopped playing every instrument for like two years, and then like I went and. I went and got a real job at a bank, like for a summer, and I was like, "Fuck this!" And like, and I was like, and then like, you know, I had that kind of—I was like twenty years old, and I had like a little took, took stock of my life, and I was like, "What do I want to do?" And like, you know, it's such a cliche thing, but my mum was like, "You know, wherever you—if you're doing something that you love, it's never gonna be a job." And I was like, you know, I've always loved music, um, but I was like, I didn't know how to make it because I wasn't good enough in the cello to play in orchestra. Wasn't like I, I'd never written a song before. I didn't think, and I didn't really think I could sing either. Mm. So like, I was just like, I'll be a producer. Mm. So I downloaded a crap version of Ableton, started making terrible, terrible, shitty beats, <laughs> like horrible. Like I, I actually went through my old uh, hard drive and listened to some of them. Oh god, it's so bad. And like, I, you know, when you start off, you're like, yo, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm Dr. Dre. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm Timberland, man. I am, I am the dog's bollocks of this. <laughs> And you listen back, you're like, oh, God. Um, but then, like, I couldn't find anyone to be on the songs. So, like, I, start, I started, like, recording, you know, really quietly my vocals on top of it. And, like, kind of just got more and more, like, confident with it. And then I put up a, a video of me playing the cello and, like, on a looper. And mm. it's a song by Subtract called Wildfire. Um, and I put that up on YouTube. It was, like, my, it was my final presentation for, like, a class at university. And then uh, you, you remember my manager Joe Mitchell's? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he found the video um, on YouTube. And, like I remember, I was, I was I came back to England. I was still working this job, and um, 
and uh, I was like sitting there and I had a Blackberry and I, I got an email from someone at Universal Music and I was like, oh shit. And then about an hour later, I got another one from Sony Music and I was like, oh shit. And then, then all these managers started coming. And by the end of the day, my inbox was full with every, every label, every management. And I, I was just like, I literally wanted to turn around and be like, yo, fuck you, I quit. I'm with a fucking superstar. <laughs> quit. Yeah, I literally, because I, I thought that, I thought it was that easy to get signed. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, someone's going to send you an email and they'll send you a contract. So I was like, ah, sick. Um, but then, like, I, me and, I met Joe and, like, decided he was going to be my manager. And then for another two years, nothing really happened. Like, it took, it took a long ass time to get that contract eventually. So, like, I was still, like, I was, I, I remember like, I was so broke once I went to do busking on the cello. I didn't realise he needed a, like, I remember, I didn't realise he needed a, um, like, uh, what's it called? You need, like, a pass to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was doing it and so I just kept on getting moved on. And, like, because I, I, but I, made, like, I made, like, five pounds in, like, in, like, you know, ten minutes. So I was like, I was like, no, this is kind of sick. And then they get moved on again, and I just have to keep moving around. And I, I like, I think I made about thirteen pounds, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Like, yeah, that's that's Nando's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. chicken, curry <laughs> yeah. chips. That was. I think I probably did just spend it on that. I was like, "Well, yeah, that's my food for the day." Um, but yeah, I just kept them going around. I kept them putting up videos, um, and then self-releasing the EP, and then Epiphany, uh, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, Epiphany yeah. EP, um, and that kind of gained a bit more attention. Um, and then I was I was mixing the next EP that I had, and um, the mixer was managed by my A and R at the time. Well, my future A and R, uh, Bryony Turner at Atlantic, and he sent over the songs. He was like, "Oh, this is really good." And I met her, I'd met her like a year before, and she was like, "Nah, he's not, he's not, he's not shit." And then a year later, she we met up. We went to um, we went to a pub, just had a chat, played some music, and then she called me up and she's like. Like I love you, but I need to convince my the head of Atlantic Ben. So you need to do an audition for us. And, and said audition. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, raw like some Simon Cow shit. Like, I was about to say that right now. Yeah. Some expert vibes. <laughs> like some Simon Cow shit. I was like, word. So like it was a it was a High Street Kensington, and there's a piano uh, bar there. So they rented out the piano bar, and so I had to go in there. It was just like it was like four people from the label, and all just sitting in a line. And I'd go just sit at the piano and play them like a couple of songs. And like, I thought I fucked it, to be honest. Because like, one, one lyric I've got wrong. But then I also realised that they don't know the fucking songs anyway, so it didn't really matter. Uh, and then she was like, yeah, great, man, great. Um, just go to the pub like, and I'll, I'll, come, I'll come find you in a minute. And then, you know, I was waiting there for like an hour. And she came Gosh. over and she just handed me the contract. And like, I've never been so fucking happy in my life. Like, and from there, you, from there, you signed and... Yeah, from there I signed to Atlantic Records, um, which was a fucking good day. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it took it took a long last time, man. I mean, that's that's the thing is always that in like you know I, I work with, I've, like you know kids coming up and stuff, and like they always like kind of talk about it. I mean, the mm. thing is, I think kids now are smarter than I was, like because at my at, like this is like 2014, 2012 to twenty fourteen, like that, the kind of being independent wasn't really a thing. No. Like, if you look at all these rappers nowadays, like they're all independent. They're all making disgusting amounts of money, mm. and like they don't, they, they like kind of the idea of signing to a major labels. Like, why would I do that? Mm. I mean, which is it's, I mean, it's, it's, a better, it's a better business model. I mean, that's why I'm doing it myself now because it's portrayed as like as a thing. I remember when I first went to Sony and High Street Ken, and I'm seeing like 
pictures of people on the walls and like the names. I'm yeah. like, oh my word, this is crazy. And then you even go to like Universal, you go to, to Warner, you're seeing all these names. You're like, oh my days, if I sign, that's it. I'm about to be just like these people and life is going to be great. And it's you like, what you now nah. Again, you've nailed that on the head because that is exactly what I felt when I walked in to Atlantic because I saw Ray Charles on the wall and I saw like Plan B, who I loved, like... Lily Allen, like all these things, and I was like, "Rah, I'm, I'm the best." I mean, it was the best label at the time. I was like, "I'm gonna fucking make it," and clearly, like that shit, that shit never. Worked. I mean, it's, it's was it one in ten artists actually released an album, mm-hmm. and then of that, of one in ten signed artists released an album, and then of that, the success rate of that is probably about ten percent anyway. Very low. It's incredible. I mean, like you know, there's only max six, six like chart. Like six successful albums a year from like from UK um, artists. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I was thinking of last year. There was like uh, Lewis Capaldi, Stormzy's, um, Is it was, not Harry Styles as well. Harry Styles, as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Dave's Psycho Drama. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I mean, that, yeah. The Harry Styles one initially sold quite a lot, but then it didn't. It didn't kind of sell as hard as you think. Mm. Um, but that's the thing about music these days. It's crazy. Like I look at numbers of even so it's hilarious. So you know Jesse Dixon, my my A and R. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he he's ha- he has this joke that kills me every single time. Um we talk about Lil Wayne's song A Millie. Yeah, yeah. And he says in the song that he's gonna sell a million copies in this first week. And he did. And I'm like, that album was like the other I know it was a long time ago, but I was like, mate, what, 2008 or something yeah, like that. Car three. Cut three, and I'm like, these men were selling a million copies in a week, and nowadays people sell like what a hundred thousand in a week, and that's like, yeah, everyone's like, Yo, a success that. now, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay, like, I mean, it's, it is, it is crazy how little like the numbers are now. I like, and that thing's like, they're all it's all distorted now because of the streaming, like, like, I, I, saw, I saw that thing now, they've got the, the kind of ratio, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you know, they see these hundreds of millions of streams, and then that's you know it doesn't equate to the same sort of like downloads or whatever else. But like, mm-hmm. is this, yeah, I mean, like that was true. I mean, that that but that must have been, and I suppose it's still CDs as well. Then, but yeah, it was still I, CDs, wasn't it? It was. Was it? No, nah, that was those days. I was doing LimeWire. Sorry, I'm letting people know. Right yeah, now. yeah, it was. It was. Like, it was whatever you like me yeah, on that. It was a LimeWire. I was LimeWire up until about 2011. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, bro, it was a LimeWire thing till Spotify yeah, came yeah, along, and I said, "Alright, I mean, cool." That's the thing. I'm like, obviously, like, I like some people get really mad about that shit, but I'm like, I don't, I don't give a shit really. Nope. Yeah, because like, I'm I, like, I, fuck I, it. Like, I mean, like, you know, when when like these days was like, I remember like, I went on to download some stuff for on. You know, it's Pirate Bay or wherever it was, to download some mm. stuff from a DJ set. And I saw my song up there and I was like, wow, good. I think I've, I feel like I've made it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I've people, made it. Fam. People are like, cheaping up not even to buy it. I'm like, yeah, sick. I've smashed this, mate. Why <laughs> not? Because 2008, I was in secondary school during those times. So I'm not going to ask my parents to give me like yeah. 50 pounds so I can buy songs on iTunes. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I mean, like, nine, it's 99p. Like for a download back in the day, was yeah, what a shit ton of money. You're like, yo, yeah. like I mean, like I don't know about skills. I mean, this is, yeah, yeah, I mean, like I, was, I mean, I was gonna say like I could buy a pint for two for two days. <laughs> yeah, but that, that shows that shows how where, where my mind was at that. that, that age. No, it's 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 proper crazy how things have like changed, and even like people now, like in fact, that's a, this is a good question for upcoming artists. Like, what would you tell like 
an upcoming artist about like signing a deal with a major label, like how to approach I'd it? I'd say if you know what you want to do, avoid it. If you, if you're if you're if you if you're adamant about what you what you are as an artist and what exactly like you're trying to portray yourself as, there's very little that a label can really really put towards it. Like and that and that's the thing, but that, that's also looking at your number on, on Instagram and everything else. If you're if you still need need guidance and haven't found like your team as in terms of like you know producers and writers, then that's where they come in and they're very useful. I I, I mean in the same breath, like you know, I feel like everyone should should experience the major label, you know, opportunities and and experience. Um, at some point, if it's if it's offered to them, but like, it's one of the things. Like, it's like yeah, the the more you the more success you have going into that situation before you signing, the easier it's going to be, and the more solidified you are as an artist, the easier it's going to be, which is very, which is very mm-hmm. hard to do. I mean, like, I you know, I'm I'm thirty, I still don't really know. I, I make a I'll make a fucking trap beat and then a, a fucking ballad in the same day. Um, but if you look, if you look, if you look at Storms, like he knew exactly what he wanted to do. Like mm. with that, with that album, like you know, if he if he went into, I mean, he had he had twin, you know, by his side, but you know, I can see him if he went into a, like a major label and was like, I want to make a gospel tune with Eminem and it's gonna sell loads. Everyone would be like, No, you're not doing that. Like you're a rapper, just rap about the streets and stuff. Like, mm. like, and if you're not strong minded, you can easily be influenced into diff- doing things that you won't necessarily be comfortable doing or won't be you. Um, it's a tough one, really. I mean, because like, I, I, I still like the system. The system's still there, and I still think it works. But it's just like people are so smart. If you look at H, man, like the way he's built his career, isn't, mm. you know, I mean, he's, I think he's just. I think this year he signed a major deal. Been you know, going through yeah. um, Glenn Aiken's thing uh, since eighty seven. What since eighty seven? Whatever it's called. And like you know, just was just doing little little EP deals here and there, but still kind of owning the rights to the music. And you know he's he's built up his career phenomenally well, and that and mm. I, I don't think that's anything to do really to do with the label. It's more to do with his persona and him knowing what exactly what he wants. Mm. So, yeah. And also now you have like channels like Grime Daily and Link yeah, Up exactly. TV, and you've got Instagram and stuff. So it's like you putting out a song on their channels and it blows yeah. up. I mean, now they're the ones that are chasing after you. So keep keep making yeah, them chase. I mean, like, in other words, I think like because. Yeah, tw- like twenty fourteen when I was coming in, you needed you needed a la- you needed a label ready to get onto radio, to to get to get pushed into this the right sort of uh, tracks. But now there are so many different ways of, of having a hit or having a success successful song that you know it's it's not about radio. Radio's radio's kind of looking more towards Grime Daily and you know and Link Up and like all those sort of outlooks for like the next songs mm. rather than them getting pitched the songs. It's like mm. it's kind of it's kind of almost role reversed. You know, I mean, this. You know, they still have to get pitched sometimes, but you know, majority of the time they're looking for them. No, it's true. It's this. This. There's so many ways about it. Like, it's a conversation that can go on for like fifty hours. Because I had um, Tiana Major Nine on the show. Oh recently. no way! I fucking love her, man. And uh, she's yeah, she's 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 amazing. And the one thing that she said, she was like, "I'm not gonna do something to please an A and R." And I said. That- Preach, preach, and preach. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Like, that's why. That's you know. That's probably why she she's more likely to be more successful because like there is that that fight. And that's the thing. Like, and that's mm. that's that's the whole thing. Like, the A and I, it should always be a conversation rather than a than a 
telling. Because, like, mm. cause, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's one of those things, like, you have to convince them first. Because you, you also remember, like, it's their career on the line as well. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I that's mean, true. You know, if, if you're 99 you have a bad few years, then, you know, you, you're out of a job. And then you can't really get into another label for a while. Um, so, like, mm. it's, it's, like, it's convincing. I mean, it's like trying to get everyone on the same path. But the path should be, should be led by the artist. Like, see, yeah. I'm sick, though. Like, I should, like... I've, all that stuff, I'm always like, yo, is that is what you know when you like go for a run or whatever, like and like get a, a song comes on the playlist, you know, like, who the fuck's this? Like majority yeah. of the time now, it's like what, twenty thirty percent of the time, it's Tiana Major. Mm. Now she 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 be killing it, and I told her, I said your growth from twenty eighteen till now yeah. is crazy. Like her signing to Motown, her getting the Queen of Slim soundtrack. Yeah, because like, you know, yeah, I was about to say like she signed over in, in the US. Which is a, yeah, in the US and the fish there, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. But like, I mean, that's but you know, that, I mean, they they've they have got slightly better, and they they got deeper pockets as well. And they they just understand things yeah. a bit more, in I mean, my for, opinion, for, especially for R and B. Like, I mean, oh, like, definitely I, I feel in so that sorry world. for any R and B artist signed to a major label here, because it's fuck, it's just impossible, man. They don't they don't get it. Like, but, and there's there's a lot yeah, of talent. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like to back. The base of, I mean, this is the hardest thing, right? With R and B, is it's a US, it's a US culture, right? So like, it's mm. like one of these things, like, but we have <clears throat> our own sort of style that, like, I think competes with them one hundred percent. But we just, it's never been invested in, like, invested enough. No one's, no label mm. ever really invested a huge amount. And like, thing is, like, if you look at, I, I don't want to name names, but like, there's some artists, like. No, some female artists that were R and B, and then you know they, people put a lot of money into it and it didn't quite work out. And I think that's what once people see that they kind of shy away from it. But then, then they see LA mm. and they're like, oh shit, no, maybe we should. Like this, you know, there's so many R and B girls coming coming up now. And she 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 was in the UK yeah, once upon a time. We went to the same uni. She made the move. <laughs> like <clears throat> it seems like more 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 and more people are moving over there. It's sometimes it's just that, and even in previous um interviews with Aston, for example, I was just like, when I work over there in America, people just seem to get it more. Like, there's just something Aston about Rudy. Oh, Aston mate, Rudy, I, yeah, I love that guy, man. Yeah, big up Aston Rudy in the building. Dude. Like, I, 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 worked, I, worked, like I started working about six months ago, but like, I've had such a good time. With him. He, he's the yeah, funniest, one yeah, of the funniest, yeah. loveliest, talented guys. Yeah, he's he's, he's that I know, like proper. So let's talk about touring. I know you've toured. I know you've toured yeah, a couple we'll talk, of times. Yeah, we've toured. Yeah, um, guys, it was the worst <laughs> tour ever, by the way. It was so annoying touring with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like I got to tour with Dan in 2017, yeah. the, the Rag and yeah, Roman yeah. tour. That that, that was, was fun. Um, what you also supported Hon and Anne Marie. Yeah, Hon and Marie. Uh, Little Sims. I'm trying to think. I've done some loads of random ones. Uh, George Ezra. Wait, when was uh, Sims? That was 2015. Okay, that was okay. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. That's, that was right at the start. Okay, sick. Yeah. And what was your favorite? What's, what's your fa- what's your favorite like part of like touring? I mean, like, what's honestly, it's more. I mean. It's the show. The shows are great, but I, I, I fucking, I love just being on tour bus. Like some people hate that shit, mm. but I love it because, like, it's just like mm. you know the banter that goes around, and also just like 
the 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 chill, the, chill, the chillness of it. Like I don't know, I like I find it quite peaceful just being in the back of a van, kind of like the, the weird like kind of uh, vibrations. I don't know. Yeah, I know it sounds strange, right? <laughs> like I mean, that's why. No, I miss, we used to have. I miss, I miss we used to have fun. Ones. That's what I miss. Yeah, yeah, we used to have fun yeah, yeah, like, with the bosses like, with me, you, Dana, and Andre. Yeah. Ben. Why you got Andre? Dana, I mean, Dana just Dana would just go in on him. <laughs> like, like, oh. Andre was really good. He was good. Dre was really good. Like he'd still work when he was on the on the thing. Like it's mm. Dana throwing hula hoops at him. Just like, <laughs> like constantly. Uh. Well, when them two get on to me about like oh, me being French, I was like, you guys are it. so I mean, annoying. From the van, just like talking sweet nothings in French, and we're just like all behind, like but the Italians are I'll never uh, forget that day. Well, like, well, like, well, if I know, I did Great Escape. Yeah, is it Great Escape? Yeah, Great Escape. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then even um um Rags tour when um <laughs> what was it? There was um I mean there was one show we did in Manchester. And we we're doing flat champagne, and I think you was like you came towards me and vibing. I didn't realize you were next <laughs> to me. And I turned around. I was like, "Oh snap, you're here!" My yeah, man. I, like, I, remember, I, I was so I, I surprised. Like, I was like, "Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm singing, mate." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Bro, oh, this is very weird." I was like, "I was like, two seconds yeah, yeah. ago, you was next to the drums. Next minute, you're I mean, next that, to me." I'm that like, was okay, the first cool. time I started opening up and moving around because, like, I was always behind the piano and, like, like also, like, I remember, like, it was when I went to see another show. It was, um, uh, I'm not gonna say the name, but it's like another artist that plays behind the piano. And like I was like, yo, this is so fucking boring. <laughs> like, 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 I was like, oh my god. And I, and like I, I was just, I was with Etch was my manager at the time. I was like, is that what I look like? He was like, yeah, kind of, mate. I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, I was like, that's horrible. So you you gotta get up yeah, a bit, mate, you know, know you shake a leg, to shake around. Got my choreography going on, some Britney Spears choreography. And nah, nah. But like, it's uh, like you know. <laughs> Like I was thinking about this, like, there's some some people are just natural born entertainers, right? And other people, it's, it's mm-hmm. about the music, and then that's something they have to learn. And I definitely had to learn that part of it. Like I mean, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Does. Like because uh, you know, like I've never really got nervous before shows, but like you kind of, especially at the start, you kind of close up a little bit. And also, especially when you play mm. with new people, like you know, you always kind of want to be, you kind of a bit more reserved, and then you can have a bit more fun. Hmm. You want to be a yeah. bit like, yeah. Well, I think once the first song is there and the, yeah. the crowd are lit oh. and you feel lit you know and your band is lit. The pain and... of just when the crowd does not give a shit. Oh, oh, mate. I, mm. I just thought about it. It just gave me chills. Oh, my God. That was that's a horrible feeling. You've I mean, all been I, there. Honestly, like, I've been lucky. It hasn't happened too often in my life. But... Do you remember, do you remember Best of All when we performed oh, at 1 a.m. or something yeah. like that? And we thought it'd be no, dead, was, but it was... That was a fun show. <laughs> I remember, because like, I was like, you know what? No one's going to be there. I'm just going to get drunk and just have some fun. And then I walked out, I was like, oh, there's actually like a couple hundred people here. I was like, oh, sick. And they were yeah. lit from yeah, top yeah. to bottom. I was like, I did yeah. not expect this. I was thinking, 1 a.m., no, no, no one's going to come I was like, I was like, Everyone's going to be like tent. in the fucking dance tents, just like off their, off their faces. Like, I was, I was like pleasantly surprised. Like it's one of those things that I like because you know my career's like had ups and downs. And I, I always never expect anyone to be at a show. So every time it, they mm. do, it's like always like a pleasant surprise. I mean, it's always like kind of setting yourself up. Just like mm. so, if there's nobody there, you're like, ah, oh, cool, I knew that anyway. But um, mm. now 
I think that's I think that's like a lot of artists. Even Sam, yeah. Sam is like that as well. Where he's like, are people coming? I'm like, bro, it's sold out. <laughs> of course they're coming. <laughs> where else would they go? Sometimes you think it's a good <laughs> like, joke. Like, you're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, like you just like your your promoters like, yeah, yeah, sold out. Oh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's, nobody's coming. Yeah. <laughs> we lied to you. Your <laughs> yeah, like, hello like, Daniel. Yeah, just, just trying to finish the song. <laughs> that is funny. So let's speed past. Let's talk about these days. How did Jessica and Macklemore and Rudimental get involved? Because I remember playing that song and it was yeah. just you. And then all of a sudden, you're we're on the split of us, and you're like, oh yeah, like Jessica and Macklemore and Rudimental jumping on this song. I, mean, I was like, oh, I mean, okay, like, cool. it was like it took a long ass time for that song to like. Because Brian didn't like it when I first played it. Like, my A&R hated it. And then, like, it was it was me and the, the writers that, like, had to convince her. And then, as we kept on playing, I mean, we were, yeah, we were playing on tour for about like, two years before it came out. Like, I was playing mm. in 2016. Um, and then, and then eventually, like, she was like, oh, yeah. And then it was played to Rudimental's A&R, a manager. And they, they got it. Like straight off, they're like, "Yeah, that's a that's a big song." Um, and then they they were the ones who got in, got in touch with Macklemore, um, and that, that and then it was just it was meant to be just me and Macklemore for and then for that that was we they held that song for eighteen months, and then they put out uh, what's it? Sun comes up before, and they put out another song before, and like my my, my whole career was that like kind of building up to that moment. So it was like a frustrating 18 months of just waiting around and then, and then you know, because like the more artists that are involved, the more schedules you have to be like, you know, think about and everything mm. else. And then this is, this is the moment when I should have just left Atlantic. When they went, uh, yeah, we don't think you're big enough to like just hold the song by yourself. So we asked Jess to jump on it. Uh, and like, I remember when they said that, I was, like, I was like, no, no, you're not doing that. And then they played it to me. I was like, I hate it. I mean, and like, I mean, like, I, I love, like, I love just the bits, like, nothing, and there's nothing in her, but I, it's more just like, is this is my song, like, I've been playing this for ages, like, you're kind of just pushing more and more with me off it. So that's that's probably the turning point where I've been like, I should have been like, no, what, fuck this. But you know, without without her, without without Jess on it, like, it wouldn't have been as successful as it was. Like, I mean, like, her fan base is ridiculous. Like, I mean, that was what mm. seventh number one or something. Yeah, yeah, I was about to yeah, say I mean, she I has a lot of number, number ones. Number one of any female artist in the UK. I mean, she's got nine. I think she got nine now. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like, come on, mate, give give, give us somebody else a chance. Right. Give, give, yeah. give, give <laughs> the citizens a chance. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it, that was that was a crazy year, man. I mean, because it was it was put out in January, and we it, held, it holds a record for the longest at number two, which is a weird record to have. Yeah, yeah, which I is a weird record to have. I was about to say, yeah. You know and like, every time I hear Drake's God Plan, I just want to kick someone in the bollocks. Because <laughs> if, if it wasn't for that song, we'd have been number one for, for nine weeks, ten weeks. But instead, and she said, yeah, "You I, love I, me, I, I tell like, only I, part." I hate, you. I hate kids, I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my friends. I hate all of that. Like every time I hear that song, like my one of my friends from the home, like. Every time he sees it, even even to this day, he plays that song on his phone. He just like looks at me like, <laughs> <laughs> "Hey Dan, <laughs> remember this? Yeah, that's number two. But yeah, no, that, I mean it did incredibly well. Um, I think it's like yeah, it's, it's triple platinum here. Just went platinum in America, 
And it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it changed my life for sure. And how did you, like, so when it came out, how did you feel that you was like, well, this was my song and now all these men jumped on it and now, I mean, I, like, I had to hold my tongue. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I still hold my tongue because, like, you know, there's certain bits of, of politics that I was like, what the fuck? But that, again, that's, that's nothing against the artist. That's just the politics of a label. Like, I like, I like, I love the Rudy boys. Like, I've, I've, me and Mac are very good friends. Like, I've, you know, worked, worked with them quite a lot on other things since that. Um, and it's like, it's nothing to do with them. It's just, you know, it was just politics. And it was just, you know, a lot of waiting for me, um, which was frustrating. Mm. But then, like, honestly, it was worth it in the end. And, like, and like I, I'll agree with how Atlantic did it because, you know, they had a lot riding on it. And so they needed to give it the most. I like, and that's the funny thing. Like, when you see a major label at full power, it's incredible. Like, I like, I like what they, what the things they were pulling, like the money they were like, I, I was like, wow. And then I, actually, I, I was thinking, like, why the fuck mm. have you guys not done this for, for me before? Because <laughs> like, I was like, oh, wow, like, you, can, mm-hmm. you guys have got, like, a big, big weight and a big power behind you. That yeah, is actually yeah, a red button that you guys can press. It's and a mysterious red button yeah. just came out. And then, like, afterwards, they just kind of took the red button away again. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's mad. Because yeah. if I'm going to be honest with you, yeah, I remember when it went number one, this was before I don't do this anymore. Um, just was I don't care too tough. Um, I went on the official charts and oh, yeah, I clicked I um the top the the, t- the top one hundred and it put these days number one. It put Rudimental, Michael Moore, Jesslyn, and your name wasn't written down. And I was oh, like, mate, honestly, I got um, so vexed. And so, so I mean, this is the other big thing that I mean Atlantic fell out about is like you know monthly listeners on Spotify. That's quite an important thing of like how you gauge the success of an artist. Um, so Spotify, mm. for some reason, have a rule that you can only have three artists tagged in a song. So, you know, I did not know so that. these days it has 700 million plays on Spotify. Uh, it's, it's Macklemore's biggest song by far, Jessica's biggest song by far, Rudimental's biggest song by far, and I'm not tagged in it. Even though I wrote it and I'm singing on it. Yeah, I know. So, like, my, yeah, monthly, nah. I mean, I haven't put a song out in 18 months, so my monthly listens are, like, 600,000. But if I had that, it'd be, like, Four, five million, six million, maybe more. I mean, it's, it's still, it's still probably getting about ten million a month. So that, that's what that's that was the big falling out I had with them because I was like, you know, you're taking the song away from me and you're not even tagging me in the song. But I was like, because like these other artists don't need that. I mean, because like, like Jess has, you know, she has rather be and everything else and blah blah blah. I was like, I need that because I'm trying to build my career open, and they just they kind of they just flat out refuse to to tag me in it. Yeah, nah, I remember calling Dana. I said, bro, I'm not uh, like, like, that that's dark. Because... So, like, they were so shady about it because didn't, they didn't tell me about anything. So, like, I, because I, I, I left my management at the same time and, like, I joined a new management and they were the ones who, like, pointed that out to me because I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it. And they put it in a contract where I, like, like in, like, a small bit where I couldn't see it or, like, or, or, or my previous management didn't, didn't, like, pick up on it. So I already signed this contract. So they basically was like, well, you already signed that, that right away. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, that's, that's my song. That's, that's like, that's been mine for three years. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a very frustrating time. And then that kind of, that made me lose trust in them. Like, like, cause I was like, clearly you don't have my best interests at heart. So like, I remember, like I said to my, my new management, cause like I wanted to leave. As, as, as soon as these days came out, I wanted to leave. 
and I spoke to my management and they, and they were like, you know, if I were you, I'd try and get out of this contract. And then I, I made this, the decision. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to rinse them for everything they've got. Like, trying to just use them, use them to like, put songs out and whatever else. And then when I want to leave, I'll leave. And then, yeah, 2019, I went in there to have a conversation. And I literally just went, I'm, I'm done. Um, like, and like, they, were, they were really nice about it. They were like, look, yeah, we kind of haven't done you justice. So they, you know, gave me a golden handshake and let me walk away with, with my songs, which is great. But you know, it's still, it's still, it was still vexing. You're like, ah, oh, mate, like we could have really done something, but you know, priorities kind of got in the way. But I mean, it's all, it's, all, it's all, honestly, it was the best decision I've done because I, I, when I got out, I, I, like the relief I had when I got when I walked out of that that uh, building in High Street Ken, I literally was like just smiling. I was like, fuck yes, yeah. Because I mean, like you know, I got, I got <laughs> and also just like. Have, I had all the rights to my music, and I was like, you know, I had, I, you know, for anybody leaving art, like a label getting dropped, like I was in the best situation ever. I had a massive hit. I was getting money from that. I was doing like, I was getting bits and bobs. Like I was still kind of relevant. So like, I was like, you know what, I'm like in a good position. And nowadays, owning your masters and owning, even if they don't like, aren't you know, huge, massive hits. Even if it's a couple of million streams a month or whatever else, that's still an income. That's still something that's there and it's yours and you can still make a you know make a decent living out of it which is why i'm always mm-hmm. like to people i'm like trying to avoid joining a major until you're like you're kind of set up like koji radical has done like just i think he's gone to atlantic but he kind of set himself up so well um but yeah mm. no it was it was a it was a it was a weird time but I've, my god i'm glad i was i'm out of there no it's, it's i think it's a great testimony for whoever's listening for upcoming artists and even artists that are signed that look like if you have a song that you've had for a while and the label or your management are thinking to put in this person like try and fight as much as you can also look at the yeah look at both sides like yeah this could be successful but at the same time also they'd be like let me also yeah, respect yeah. myself I mean, that's, that's respect true. me like, yeah, actually respect that, me that, that was no like, yeah. on Atlantic like because they made the right decision like I, I still I still 100% back that mm. um and that was also that was the culture at the time. It was like you know, with with every song they were like you need a feature in it. Like I mean, I I don't think they let me release a song without a feature in it. That whole time, actually, that that is true. Mm-hmm. Every song I released that 2018, they kind of made me have a feature in it. Yeah, yeah Sinead Harnett, yeah, Miss Banks, Banks, Caitlin Scarlett, um, Dave B. Um, yeah, every song. Yeah, yeah, no, that's like, hey, I, mean, I, remember, like, I mean, and also it does, it makes sense because it's like the cross pollination. But like towards the end, I was like, I like, I literally like would like be in the A and R and I'm like, so who do you want to feature on it? <laughs> like, I knew, I knew that's the <laughs> Yeah, who's the same? All right, guys, who's it today? And then, <laughs> again, like, and that's no, that's no crazy <laughs> any artist because like I, you know, every artist I did do stuff with, I, I love and respect, like. Like Sinead's fucking G. Miss Banks has done. She's done so well. Like, yeah, like I like. Yes, Miss Banks. She did well in that song as well. Um, but yeah, it was just. I mean, I, I think that culture's kind of gone now. I think because I think because it's. I think everyone's kind of caught up on it, and it's like it's a bit obvious, isn't it? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. No, I mean that's. I mean, you don't want to overdo that's, it. The but... the music industry, they'll just like something's cool, something's hot, and they'll just run it to the ground. So like. It's just, it's just painful. <laughs> and then everyone's like, okay, let's find the next thing to run mm-hmm. into the ground. And then, yeah, it's like, 
oh, great, that's cool. Let's smash the shit out of this. <laughs> like, let's, let's, do, let's just put it on everything. Like, people hate it. And then we'll just do the next thing. And just, like, yeah. Yeah, next person. Oh, next. Yeah. Bit, oh, don't mm. step back. Yeah, grind it. <laughs> yeah. oh, actually, oh, Afrobeats, come here. Yeah, grind it. Ruin it. <laughs> like, you just, just completely destroy it. Oh, dear. That's funny. But then you then go on to get a number one album. Um, yes. Heavy yeah, as yeah. the head storms you. Um, so tell me how how that came up with her, Honestly, like which is crazy. When I, when, uh, when Twin Twin B uh, uh, Atlantic called me up, he was like, "Hey man, how you doing?" Like he's, he always talks quite fast. He's like, "Hey man, you alright?" I was like, "Yeah," because he never calls anyone. <laughs> like you know, and he never picks up his phone either. Like, so like, when he called, I was like, I thought I was in trouble, mm. and it was, it was I, ju- I just left Atlantic, and like it was a day before the Brits, and he was like, "Um, wait one." Uh, Hers, hers in in uh, in London to perform the Brits, and she's gonna sing on your song. And I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" And he's like, "Yeah, we're recording like an hour. Can you come?" And I was in a session with somebody else, and I literally got up and went, "I gotta go." <laughs> I can't remember who it was with. I was in, I was in, uh, where was I? I was in Psalm. I can't remember who it was. And they were kind of, they were kind of low key vexed with me. <laughs> like, but I was like. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Like, I, I would I not care. I'd be like, brother. I, mean, I, mean, I think we made, I can't remember what the fuck it was. But like, yeah, I, listened, I was like, I'm sorry. I just got to go. Hers recording my song. Um, but like, we we wrote, it was me and Owen Cups that wrote it. Like, um, I think about two years before, like 20, 2018. It was, it, was around, it was around these days being out. And uh, Owen was like, was been working with uh, Storms quite a lot. And like he's a very much a guy about like sample old school samples, like you know, kind of early Kanye West sort of production thing, like pitch pitching vocals and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but you know, getting clearance on things is, is impossible sometimes, and it's, you know that can kind of ruin the whole song. You know, if you have to give away eighty percent of the publishing. Um, so like him and Storms were talking about like writing like an old school soul soul song, and then kind of flipping it so it sounds like a sample. So me and me and mm. Owen were just there, and I I think we wrote like three or four hooks, and then they, that was the last one, and I I had that title in my head for ages, like one second, and just it just we just just wrote it and pitched my vocals up and then played it to him, and Storms was like, yeah, that's it, that's definitely on the album, and like you know, but, and I, I was like, oh, sick, but then like you know, like everyone gets gas when they first hear something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, every, like, I, like half the time, like my sessions, I get out. I'm like, yeah, this is a fucking hit. This is a smash. And then the next morning, I listen to it. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, 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 that's not. That's not. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Got a bit too overzealous. Um, <laughs> but like he, because like I we were in there, and we were still recording. So when we were recording her, Storm still hadn't done his verse on it. And like we were like, I was like, do you want to try and put it down? Um, oh, sorry. Another mad story of, of that session. I walked in. It was like, it was like, it was Ed Sheeran on Facetime. Somebody, somebody else, uh, like fucking Tori Kelly. Like it was like all these people that I fucking love, and like, I was just like all on Facetime at the same time. I was like waving to them, like, hey, hi, how you doing? It was fucking nuts. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, he had. Uh, you saying Storms? He hadn't like, written his verse yet. Like, do you want to try and do it now? And he was like, no, I need to do this justice. And I think he, he rewrote it so many times. Well, I, I, I mean, 
quite a few times. And then eventually when I heard it, like I just he just smashed it. And like and that's that's the thing, like he especially with, with that song that was so personal like that, like he just he just nailed it on the head. And like it's like I mean like I still think he's by far one of the best rappers that England England, England for sure. And like and in the in the world, because like I mean, maybe maybe because of my personal relationship, but like just the way he can like pour his heart out while still not looking like a pussy is just like incredible to me. <laughs> like it's like yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's like I'm like that's such a that's such a hard thing to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like that is such a hard thing. Like, like, I've laughed too much today. Like heartfelt stuff, and sometimes you're like, yeah. the other, the only person that could really do it like that was Tupac. Really, like, like he could like do these emotional songs that like you still be like, yeah, but he's badass. Like he's still kind of like, and, like, and that's I like with Storms. I'm like, and that's why still I, just, I, like, I just have so much respect for him because like he can do heartfelt stuff with still like a a hardness to it, which is like, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's amazing. Mm. I, when I write softy songs, they're fucking softy. <laughs> like, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do like that half measure. Like, it's got to be either just really emotional or just fun. Like, I, I can't, I can't do in between. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wet, wet basically. The wettest song. <laughs> Hello. Damn wet song is Captain, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nah, I've I've never out of every interview I've done, this is the most I've laughed. This is actually yeah, done. So I'm so done. Yeah, Dan, the king of wet songs. Yeah, yeah, wet songs. Come on, if you want a wet, wet song, song go to Dan. Oh God. Uh shit. No, but that's yeah. I mean, that album is incredibly well. So, so with this album, did it make you think like, mm, maybe I should just like. Right for yeah, other I people mean, and probably I mean, put my artists through and hold or really, has it I was just like I had no I think that my interest was like just not there for me. Because I mean, I've been I've been grinding my artisting for so long. You know, for what since two thousand twelve, so like seven seven years. And I was just like, I just need a break. And I and that, I mean it was it was the best thing for, for me ever. Because like, cause, you know, I you know, so I had got quite a few cuts last year, like and I and I was like I was like, you know, this could be a lot easier life uh and the thing is like i'm 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 gonna like, i'm i'm just set up my own label with um with the orchards with so the orchards um which is be great i mean and the thing is i'm putting out stuff that i like so there's like there's not i don't have an a r it's just me i'm my own a r so i'm just putting out songs that i like and i and like i'm doing it because mm. i love it not because that's like my be all and end all like it's like i'm not doing it for, for like Fame or success or anything. I'm just doing it. I mean, the songwriting is. I need you know. You need success to kind of you know keep a roof over your head. But like the artist thing, I'm like I'm just doing it because I love it. And like if it's and if it's successful, great. If it does, if it isn't, I don't give a shit because it's I like it. Which is like I forgot that's what it should, it should always be about. And that's it's like what, that's the thing. Like you can get mm. so into the like the music rat race of like you know chasing hits and doing all that sort of stuff, or you can just do what you love and and find satisfaction out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously perfect if you, if you mm. get both. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's ideal. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Thing, like, and I'm just putting out songs that I love and I, you know, doing doing things that I enjoy whilst, you know, writing. I mean, I spend the majority of my time writing for other artists now. But like, you know, and, like, I miss doing shows. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, that's, I was going to do a show like, um, like, and, well, around now. 
Um, but like, obviously, that's just off the cards. I mean, until, yeah, until 2021, that's kind of all, all off. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, it's, it's going mm. to be, be a weird year. It's going to be a, yeah. a year of just <laughs> put out music and yeah. find ways of marketing I mean, yourself the thing, in like, you know, the season. Like, obviously, being an artist, the main, the main thing now is social media. And like, and I've never really had a good relationship. I, I hate it. Which is like, which is probably part of the reason why mm. I wasn't, I didn't have as much success. And like, and I'm getting better at it. I'm doing it on my own terms. But like, that is, if you can put money, if you put all your focus into that, that can also build you out of career. I mean, just look at the what six mm. nines and Tory Lanes and like all these people have just absolutely smashed it out of this quarantine thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yep. I, I can't see myself getting girls to shake their asses on my, my Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. No, please don't do that. I'll, I'll unfollow you tonight. Just playing some Beethoven whilst they're just shaking her ass. Like, I, I, you know what? That, that was fucking. That was friends. Yeah. No, 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 That is funny, Dan. Thank you for sharing. There's a lot of gems that people are going to take. And honestly, you're one of the most like. Ah, you got positive.